0: Kicking off the open mic, I am your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yawp is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic held at 61 Local in Cobble Hill. That's at 61 Bergen Street off Smith Street near the Bergen Street FG stop. For more information and to sign up for the yawp, go to brooklynpoets.org. This month's open mic lineup featured Bonnie Belay, Gerald Wagoner, Sarah Lynn Rogers, Dora Bralo, Todd Friedman, Tiffany Clark, Nikki Ritchie, Harvey Sauce, Bella Pori, Alan Braverman, Gabriel Cummings, Creighton Blinn, Melanie Lee, Jen Ozero, Bill Livingston, Emily Wilkinson, Star Davis, Arthur Russell, Dan Varley, Jay Lobos, and Mariana goy So without further ado, let's get right to the action for August, the Broken Poets, Op Open Mic. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody. Wow, it is definitely August because all of the new people are in the house. I love it. Uh, welcome if this is your first time to the Broken Poets Yop. This is the open mic portion of the night. Sorry we don't have any more chairs, but that's all they got behind those curtains. So uh, you can stand there if you want to sit at some point. I'm sure some people will leave at some point, and then you can grab one of their chairs. Uh, right when we start, you can maybe sit or stand by the back. I, I'm, you're human and adults. I'm sure you can figure it out. Uh, I am Jason Ku, the executive director of Book and Poets. It's good to be back. I've been in Brazil for a month getting married. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm. Thank you. I had to get that out of the way. Uh, give a big round of applause for my new wife, Ana Maria, for <laughs> in the back. We are... Uh, I would say I'm happy to see all you guys, but... I am, but uh, I really miss those beaches that I was on for, like, the last two weeks. <laughs> Wow, Uh, Brazil is a totally different country. Everyone's nice to each other, everyone says hello, and it becomes contagious. I was like walking on the beach, I'd be like, "Uh, bon dia, and then Ana was like, stop saying that to everyone, you don't have to say that to him." But everyone says that to each other, and then we get to New York, we get to JFK, and like the first 10 people I see there, I was like. (laughs) They're just like, fuck you, don't talk to me. I go up to the customs guy, I'm like, hey, how's it going, good morning. He's like, that's literally what he did, (laughs) nothing. And then we went to baggage claim and I see Erna, and she's like crying (laughs) because as a non-U.S. citizen, her experience was even worse than mine. So uh, uh, I guess that's all preface to saying be nice to each other. God damn it. Uh, Especially in this community at the Yawp, we are all about inclusivity and uh, newcomers, regulars, integrating everyone with each other, the family of... Not only the poetry community, but the larger U.S. community and the community of the world is, of course, important. It becomes more important every day with all the bullshit happening around us. So uh, don't be those people at JFK that don't say hi to each other. And Jesus, (laughs) you know, wow. Uh, I love New York, but that was really jolting after being in Brazil for a month. Anyway, we're back at the op. I'm glad to be here. Uh, If you haven't been here before, a few ground rules before we start. Uh, Every poet that reads up here, some of you have signed up already. Uh, Some of you are on the wait list. Everyone gets three minutes max on the mic. One poem. We do this to get as many poets up here as possible. Uh, Note what I just said about inclusivity. If you get up here and read for about six, seven minutes and read like five poems, that's great for you, but it sucks for everyone else. Uh, So please limit yourself to your time. One poem, and then we can get as many people up here as possible. Every month we vote for poem of the month. And the 12 winners of Poem of the Month over the past year compete for Poem of the Year honors at the December Yawp. That's coming up in just a few months. It's coming up very soon. Uh, So the way to vote for that, if you haven't been here before, is just text me the poet's name. That's really the best way. If you text me the title of the poem, I'm probably not going to remember who read it. So text me the name of the poet and the number for the first time. I'm going to give it to you right now if you don't have it already and I will repeat it throughout the night in case you forget or just are blowing me off right now for some reason. The number is 718-374-1953. Please wait until the end of the evening to text me. Don't call me, for <laughs> God's sakes. Just text me, 718-374-1953. Only vote once. Of course, I will notice if you vote twice. Uh, don't tell any friends that are not here, especially if you're reading, that to vote for you. That is super shitty. Uh, remember what I said about community? That's happened before at the Poem of the Year, and uh, we might have to do Poem of the Year a little differently this year because uh, that was that was screwed up. didn't affect anything, but, uh, yeah, don't be that person. Don't be the person at JFK. Don't be the person that tells their friends that are not here to vote, okay? 718-374-1953. Uh, if you d- weren't here for the workshop, our early registration deadline for our fall workshops is September 2nd. As I mentioned, you get $15 off your you're a new student or a returning student. If you're a member, you get $25 off. Uh, the fellowship application deadline is August 26th, which is the week before that. Um, if you don't want to be on our recording, every month we record the open mic as a podcast, which we call the Yopcast. It would be great if you subscribe to that on iTunes. I keep saying this every month, and I'm pretty sure no one has subscribed. <laughs> you know, uh, people subscribe on SoundCloud. Maybe, uh, maybe I just don't notice you subscribing on iTunes. Maybe that's happening. But uh, you could rate us also, five stars. That would be wonderful. That definitely has not happened because I'm still the only person that's rated it. What the fuck? How many how many people are in this room? People come to this event every month and no one rates us five stars? You could rate us like three stars, for God's sakes. Just do something. Uh, actually, don't do that. that would just If you're not going to get us five stars, just don't do anything. Uh, that would be better, actually. But uh, if you don't want to be in the recording, just tell me. I can take you off. No problem. Uh, if you read. Of course, if you're not reading, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, We will try to get to some poets on the open mic wait list. We try to get to at least two or three every month. Uh, Again, it depends on if people keep to their time and so on and so forth. So please do keep to your time. And I think that is it. So before we begin our open mic proper, we will hear from our featured reader, who is the workshop leader for tonight. Give it up for Marwa Halal. (laughs)
1: So as promised, i um, going to read you one more Harriet Mullen poet poem. And wow, that's a lot of paper, hang on. All right, can everybody hear me? Yes. Excellent, okay. So Harriet Mullen is a poet that I really love to teach. So if you take the Imagining a Vernacular Future workshop, uh, we'll definitely be reading some poems from sleeping with the dictionary, but you can also order it and read it on your own, okay? So uh, my second (coughs) favorite poem of hers is called Elliptical. And it goes, they just can't seem to, they should try harder to, they ought to be more, we all wish they weren't so, they never, they always, sometimes they, once in a while they, however it is obvious that they, their overall tendency has been, the consequences of which have been, they don't appear to understand that, if only they would make an effort to, but we know how difficult it is for them to, many of them remain unaware of, some, of, some who should know better simply refuse to. Of course, their perspective has been limited by. On the other hand, they obviously feel entitled to. Certainly, we can't forget that they, nor can it be denied that they. We know that this has had an enormous impact on their. Nevertheless, their behavior strikes us as Our interactions, unfortunately, have been. And I'm sure you figured that there are ellipses between each section, right? Good. Good. All right. And now, a poem by me. So remember earlier when I said, you know, give yourselves a hand just just for being here? Well, this poem is a gift to you all for being here. It's called poem for the beings who arrived. If you ask me where I come from, I have to converse with broken wings. This is a line and all love is agreement, each day of living an agree or a disagree. And love is not what we think it is, what we have been told it is, agree or disagree. I am telling you how to read me, Neruda wrote, If you ask me where I come from, I have to converse with broken things, with the beings who arrived, who had the glasses of the heart. We are the beings who arrived because we had the glasses of the heart. We are the broken beings who arrived with glass for hearts. Poetry is instrument, allows us to see through thought. Thank you for saying my work does not sound like it is in translation. Thank you for not saying my work sounds like it is in translation. We are all the proof I need as singularity approaches us. They ask with intrigue, how did you construct your blackness in America? Each question requires a reconstruction and I am always re, never constructed in Egypt. Do they ask, they ask, do they hate us? I pretend not to know who they mean by they, what they mean by hate, but I know because I live with they. And ain't they, ain't they? We have to stop pretending we are not capable of winning. And I know you know, we know. When I dip, you dip, we dip. This one goes out to all the women in the world. You see me everywhere I go. They want to know which one I am and more of. Still, you see me. The mask I wear is not Leo rising, but the colonizers falling. And still, you see me. And when I say you see me, what I mean is you feel me. We, we, the beings who arrive. Thank you, guys.
0: All right. Thank you, Marwa. Again, if you're interested in taking that workshop with Marwa, sign up online, talk to her. She's fantastic. She has a new book coming out uh, next year with Nightboat, right? 2019. What month is it? January? January. So after the new year, the first thing you do after you have that glass of champagne, buy her book (laughs) online. I'm sure she'll be waiting at 1201 for all the orders online. Our first reader off the open mic list is a Yop regular fantastic poet. Give it up for Bonnie Belay.
2: Um, this is something that I wrote in the Poetics of Space, which is, it blew my mind that workshop, so, um, Emily Skilling and Simone Kearney, it's very good, okay. The title of this is, Everything Eating as Much as It Can. No money, blue sky, old people descending the stairs like Duchamp's nude put in a blender, tripping one foot, the other, slow, unsafe, limbs severed from self, memory severed, just tell the same stories, step slowly at all hours, Do, into the doctors, into bars, whiskey, intoxication, to temple twice a day to say Kaddish for a year, almost up, pain, step after step into coffee shops for mocha latte, ice cream tea. Lips pursed, eating lemons, eating the real brie sold only in France, the tux, the, luxur, the luxury of fat, food uh, food not what it was, bad-mouthing the petit bourgeoisie, the essence of disdain, always a bottle and another, wine in the mouth, pleasure, habit, considering the lives of men who don't make art, eating bagels, hazelnuts. Ladies sitting on a bench. Rats running in and out of the trash, feet from the bench. Let the ladies sit in the sun. The rats want garbage. The women memory. All afternoon, the rats back, back and back. Eating, gorging, grasping, tiny wicked teeth. Running to holes dug like highways into nests. At what point do rat babies eat solid food? Rat mother milk, sustenance. Everything eating as much as it can the ladies eating chocolate, drinking coffee. I don't want to be complicit, putting children in cages, ignoring black boys killed holding toy guns. I heard a black woman say white women had an unconscious superiority. I thought about that, like arthritis squeezing my spine, pinched nerves radiating through my shoulders, down my arms, unwinding my consciousness. Having me, leaving me with nothing I wanted to eat. Still children, alone, locked in cages. Words whispered on the other side of hearing, driven into sand. You can't know anyone's loss. Dull voices at the funeral, salt-soaked prayers, falling into water, dissolving. The widow says, eat, eat, everything's from Zabar's. The past cut, the past short, cut into pieces, each piece an appetizer, served with sparkling wine to those who remember the taste. Cut out the dead, out of your heart, deep, hard, cold thrusts, blood spray, apple brown blood, splatter on your genes, pain in and out, try spirituality, try God, get a tattoo. Don't get stuck. Go out, take your friends to dinner. The dead are never hungry.
0: Thank you, Bonnie. Great as usual. Our next reader is another Yop regular. Give it up for Jerry Wagoner.
3: I had some good fortune. Uh, right Hand Pointing took another poem of mine and published it this month, uh, issue 125. And also, the thing is, the poem was started in a workshop here,
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, but I can't, because I was new and people weren't clear to me yet, I can't remember whose workshop it was. So anyway, morning coffee. Eros was only longing swallowed on waking. I know that you plan to ruin me. The water blue, your hair white, short straight that you take in handfuls and push from your eye or ear, make it easy to find the nape. Your delight mocks my nurtured pain, heals against my will, but I have resolve. Despite your scheme to subvert me, separate me from my coveted sense of loss, I won't have it. I refuse to be led astray from yearning, so I've made a bower with my fingers to shelter an unfledged quivering from breaking light. I will escape across some weary ice field, tiptoeing, wary of caresses should I fall into one and turn gem green while crystal blades grow in my arteries to amputate the effects of rich late light on Brooklyn bricks, last rays that flare on long black iron fences that guard an abandoned tunnel, unlit and trackless, graffitied by forgotten memories of wonder and despair, where I have buried an amulet to protect me from the foolish optimism of morning coffee. So cheerful,
0: Jerry. <laughs> the foolish <laughs> optimism of morning coffee. I love it. Are you getting notes on the poem right now? Oh, no, I don't <laughs> <like this>. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, Jerry. Uh, our next reader is a Brooklyn Poets Workshop student. I believe it's her first time reading at the Brooklyn Poets Yelp, so give her a warm welcome, Sarah Lynn Rogers.
5: good I got my boots on (laughs) my poems called the empress she needs a man who knows his anima who can say what he needs or nothing who can bow to the beast in her mistress of blood refuse and rage who sees her like the pomegranate smooth round and rosy housing many jagged facets tumbling into jewels in her belly as they scratch her Who knows this outer softness is hard won, the art of mothering without feeling mothered, the art of holding scars where no one can see them. Except when she howls, and when she does, he knows not to balk or bark back. He knows what she said of a dog's enduring love was not about the dog. Thank you.
0: Uh, I was trying to say fantastic, and I said, like, fantastic I don't know what the fuck. I just. Stuff. Fantastic? <laughs> that was your first time here, right? Reading it? All right. Thank you. Uh, and you're reading next Monday as well? So next Monday, if you don't know, this is a good reminder, the Brooklyn Poets Workshop Showcase is back here at 7 o'clock. That is our students and faculty from our summer workshops reading together. So come out for that. That is free. You don't got to pay a shit for that. Uh, and you will hear some great poems by Sarah and the other students and faculty that uh, workshop together this summer. All right, our next reader is... I recognize his name. I think you've read here before, but correct me if I'm wrong. Give it up for... What the fuck is wrong with me, Arthur? Give it up for Dora Bralo.
6: I'm here, so, uh, so this is a poem that I actually wrote during the summer workshop with Hala, called Poems of Dislocation. I wasn't sure which poem to read, so I figured this was the one I'm gonna read. So it's called How Many Revolutions. Sometimes I ask my parents about life before the war. My father was a drummer in Sarajevo, and my mom was a ballet dancer in Zagreb. They fell in love to the sound of bullet holes ringing the blue sky, Hold on. puncturing the air into a million pieces. I think about the places they left behind, all the memories that they took with them as their countries tore apart at the seams, about how they learned to dance in the violence, finding strength in faltering steps. I think about how tragedy follows me everywhere, how it, beco- how it has become a a character in the storyline of my life. But I think about how hope arrives exactly when it should, even in the aftermath of calamity. I think about how many revolutions it took me, it took for me to write this poem into existence and all the poems that come after it. Thank you.
0: Fantastic. So I recognize your name for the workshop. That's oh right. No, yeah, <laughs> face to the name, people. Jason Koo. Dora Bravo. Uh, are you reading next Monday, too? <laughs> there is not room, but uh, I'm, I'm glad we had that conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you read tonight. <laughs> There we go. Uh, Our next reader is uh, probably my favorite person here tonight besides Anna Maria because he just got a Brooklyn Poets membership. Get up for Todd Friedman.
7: (laughs) Billy Collins has a poem called The Trouble with Poetry, and this is an offer to Billy Collins. Billy Collins is right. The trouble with poetry is that it makes you want to write more poetry, a kind of addiction, You finish one poem and you're already angling for your next fix, which may not really be a problem if you're one of those poets who can open a pen or a laptop and immediately there are streams running into rivers, rushing at breakneck speeds on their way to the ocean. But my poems are a long time coming, working their way through the gnarls and knots of trees, pounding their way through massive rock formations, only to emerge on the other side in a trickle. There is a poet I see at the readings. He always enters at the last minute, fumbling through his satchel of poems. His hands are almost the size of the page, but the poems keep getting away from him like slippery fishes. I once saw a poem of his fall to the floor, and I wondered if I could reel it in and put my name on it. Why not make my life easier? So, Billy Collins, if you have any more of those pencils that burst into flames at the tip while you sit in the dark waiting for inspiration, I would like to make you an offer. But in the meantime, I want to remind you that it was the tortoise who won that immortalized race. Now, this is not a digression. Did you know that it takes at least 40 years before a maple is ready for you to tap into it? and that it takes 40 gallons of sap to make one gallon of syrup. That's four trees to the gallon. Listen, Billy, after the tortoise won and he was waiting for the hare to show up, he sat down to a humongous stack of pancakes, swimming in syrup, which I'm proud to say never would have happened if I hadn't put in the lines.
0: Thank you, Todd. Not only a member, but damn good. <laughs> it's the best combination. Uh, so to review the first five readers, that was Todd Freeman. Before that was Dora Bralow, Sarah Lynn Rogers, Rogers, Gerald Wagner, and Bonnie Belay. Our next reader, I think right here last month for the first time. Correct me if I'm wrong. Give it up for Tiffany Clark.
8: Um, I always make it a habit to read before my birthday Okay. holding grudges I have not enough hands to keep you up there isn't a part of you that lies to bed stay balled up and knotted at your fine ends muck gets stuck in your front do you even give a fuck you leave it braided till it dreads laughter sets into your reply I'm dead I can't even, nothing embarrassed to have your pathways detangled, detained, deciphered, harboring a dangerous mind, pulling in Michelle Pfeiffer. They say bitches are sexy, no doubt your dudes liked her, yet you struggled with your beauty's full beautiful. Didn't feel legit to mold the fit you could not fake to stand tall in juxtaposition with the shortcomings you make, the wrong turns you take. I don't have a problem says every alcoholic, addict, abusive, drug user ever. I just get angry, says every alcoholic, addict, abusive, drug user ever. Sometimes fighting you is the only thing that I can control. I know you won't leave, you'll watch me relapse, won't fall back, watch you stay stacked with an abundance of love, even after I cry victim. I think you know I hurt, you put in both of our work, and for what it's worth, I'm sorry. If I didn't despise, want to self-destruct, deteriorate, have nothing to do, I wouldn't hate you. I wouldn't be the girl whose feelings you coddle when you say, no, you just require a lot and not. I think you need help, enough to make me want to overheat until I melt. You say it's heartbreak, but that's not what I felt. I think you should deal with the demons you dealt. I'm scared that I'll hurt you. I'm scared that I have not enough moisture to keep you saturated with my love, not enough intensive healing to leave you in. I leave you out like twist outs, natural knots, no stranger to braid outs Don't you see? This isn't the last of my bullshit. Sprouting from my mouth. I need you to save us both by leaving. I'm a black girl burnt by the currents of low self-care, and though I'm learning to rebuild, I'm not all there. There still lands in me not filled. Cold keeps my blood chill. Too much time left to kill and I lash out. I'm working on what makes me think I have the right to hold you with hands unfit to keep you wrapped in. Listen, I've had a rough year, but I will do what it takes to keep you here. I will do everything in my power to ensure that you stay mine, I promise. I'll be better in time.
0: Great poem, Tiffany, and happy birthday. Our next reader uh, is definitely not from Australia, uh, and I think has brought a bunch of people with her tonight. Give it up for Nikki Ritchie.
5: Thank you. Okay, I'm taller than you remember. It's just the shoes. Um. I'm going to read you a summer poem about New Jersey Transit. (laughs) Everyone's really excited. (laughs) Okay. The first Sunday of the month. On a New Jersey Transit train, two strangers have a fight more ferocious than we had about you leaving. We broke our lives in two too easily. I see as I sit and watch the world come into view. It is the first Sunday of the month, the last of the summer, and the end of something. We are all a little blackened by grief. Last night, I sat as flames fell to embers, narrating a history of what I call home. I googled a map of the town I grew in, how far I have come from what I thought was grown. I have been sleeping in snatches, not deep enough to dream, turning names over until they are back to front and then broken down. L's and R's and E's and D's rolling together in the darkness. Despite its sharp edges, the end is the best. We sink into the pleasure, a final sip, remembering that expanse of hope, but fall asleep in separate beds. Thank you. <clears throat>
0: Thank you, Nikki. That is N-I-K-K-I, if you're wondering. <laughs> I, was, I was corrected once. <laughs> uh, that was Nikki Richard. Before that was Tiffany Clark. Our next reader is a poet, also hosts his own open mic in Park Slope. Give it up for Harvey Sauce. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. And the
9: open mic is... Uh- Once a month, it's uh, at the Montauk Club, which is a historic building built in 1891, fashioned after a Venetian Palazzo. Our next reading is is, uh, September 30th. Uh, We will feature several ladies from uh, uh, the poetry brothel, uh, maybe in uniform, I'm not quite sure. Uh, And you're invited. It's an open mic. We've managed to get pretty much everybody in every time they come. Usually give about five minutes to read. It's right around the corner from the Grand Army Plaza subway station. Okay. This one is called, there we go, Always Swim Perpendicular to a Riptide. Swimming perpendicular to a riptide requires that you first know how to swim. <laughs> what if you're a waiter, Never having ventured in much beyond the shallow end of the ocean, swept out when only ankle deep, the horizon suddenly magnetized and drawing your steely stare towards it. You're in up to your eyes. I expect you wish now that you had paid closer attention to seventh grade swimming lessons. The ones you mostly avoided at the definitely not Olympic-sized pool in back of Weldony e. Howard Junior High School, renamed Weldony e. Howard Middle School with a change of administrations. Odd how you can recall this name change, but nothing of what the swimming instructor taught you. An embarrassment of water wings separating you from stronger merman candidates who could breaststroke Long Island Sound to Connecticut if they had to and riptide be damned. Aquaman knowing how to get from point A to point B without so much as a boogie board or RIP. Splash brothers don't sense the trouble you're in. Lifeguards flirt as if their lives depended on it, too busy to even think of saving yours. This is a tug of war all those hours in a gym haven't prepared you for. Nor your wrestler's diet purged of joy. Who knew when you were denying yourself chocolates, racking up reps and adoring looks, that a thicker roll of belly fat might be just the thing to float you out of danger. (laughs) Red warning flags, flags you chose to ignore, wave goodbyes from a receding shore, a sign language whose universality speaks to a pronounced and profoundly disturbing D-O-A lack of perpendicularity. Your six-pack abs won't impress the fishes. Like a wet match, out you go. And out, and out, <laughs> shouting for help until your gums are sore, gargling more salt water than your hopes and wishes call for. Get one of these. You don't have one.
0: Thank you, Harvey. Goodbye. There are I think two seats available now. Uh, so on our honeymoon, we went to this little island off the coast of Brazil. It's like the farthest eastern point, uh, point of South America called the Island of Fernando de Noronha. Does anyone know that island? Has anyone been there? No? Super expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's great if your your mom is bankrolling it <laughs> as a gift. But uh, also the dollar goes a long way in Brazil. If you don't know, it's almost 4 to 1 there. So I uh, should all go to Brazil this summer. Or the summer's over, but you should go this winter, which is summer over there. Uh, why did I mention that? Because they have lots of fishes there. Yeah, that's pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and and sharks, and we saw two whales, believe it or not. We took a boat ride, and these two whales breached the water, like 20 feet from the boat. It was incredible. Apparently that's super rare, so we feel super lucky and better than all the other tourists that were there at the same time. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if you go to Noronha, you don't see whales, sorry. Our next reader is, I believe, a Yop debut. We're giving it up for Bella Pori.
10: Hello. That, that Riptide poem was very, very funny. I enjoyed that quite a bit. This is not supposed to be funny, but if it is, great. Uh, okay, this is called Rose of Sharon. They never pronounced your name in full, instead it was a slurred blessing someone bestowed upon you, you grace of the Bible. Those flowers grew outside your window and when you were younger you could smell the sweet beauty in the long twilight as you lay awake and listened to your father's feet on the floor. The farther west you go, the less you smell the flower that gave you your name. As you lay awake, first in the back of an old car, later in a tent, still later on hard ground when you've lost everything else, and finally in a sagging house about to float away, you smell the orange blossoms instead, so pungent you forget what your flowers smelled like, as easy as you forget what it was like to breathe without finding dust in your teeth. They made him a ghost that lived into the future because he spoke at a riverbed before disappearing into the night. You were silent and let other people tell your story, turned your grief inward and beat back the floods before they consumed you, turned your grief inward and made it new life. And when everything sank and the waters receded and death was all around, you gave your life to someone else. And people remember that, but they judge you for it. No one writes songs about you. No one makes you a hero. No one remembers your ghost because you were silent and you gave yourself to care to others because that's what it means to be a woman, isn't it?
0: You just give a, a, say a nice thing back to her. That was so sweet. She said a nice thing to you, and you said a nice thing back. That was Bella Pori. <laughs> our next reader uh, wasn't sure he was going to read tonight. Checked with me about four times. Sorry. I was just on my honeymoon. Sorry, Alan. Uh, our next reader is Alan Braverman. Give it up for Alan. Yeah.
11: <laughs> they good. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. My uh, next poem. My next poem. My poem is called The Storm and I hope it's relevant. From the billowing clouds, chalk white, pain gray, bluish tints absorbing the glow of the sun, drifting like islands across the sky until the darkened and blue firmament is trapped while rapidly disappearing. Thor hurling his thunderbolts and lightning flashing across the horizon as if witnessing a war without casualties. Then the cleansing as torrents of rain hit the ground, nourishing the flowers, trees, and shrubberies, leaching into the sewers, transporting human and animal waste, a larger-than-life baptism, where the streets sparkle and people are bathed in this downpour as a smell of ozone permeates the air. And one wants to be Gene Kelly singing in the rain, when the sun reappears and the golden beams of light penetrate the ashen sky as we return to a cleaner city. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Alan. So that was 10 readers so far. The last five, that was Alan Braverman. Before that was Bella Pori, Harvey Sauce, Nikki Ritchie, and Tiffany Clark. Our next reader is a fantastic poet. You've heard of him here before. Give it up for Gabriel Cummings.
12: Oh, oh perfect. Uh, I, think we, I think we're I think we good, Arthur. I think we're going to be okay You know, here. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm going to read um, one poem. Um, and The Rose of Sharon, there's a lot of that at Inwood Hill Park. Um, it is an invasive um flower but it is a very nice flower and very common ornamental so um the artisan i blow glass from tiny labyrinths of molten silicon trying to fabricate fabricate the foundation of creation fragments slowly cool into imperfect faberge eggs Damaged, but unfazed. Some conceived in unstable bodies align abandoned mansions on paper streets and gather like helix memories. Along the dead ends of time, I purge the swollen surprise behind my eyes as I attempt to recreate invisible cities, to relocate broken boy armies commissioned to march youth into ruin. A steady stream of tears careen from the yokeless eggs of opportunity they carried, unhatched and unseen, and flow into the Tigris and Euphrates, unlegal ships I constructed as a child. Another path consumes the words of deceased longshoremen and spews out elaborate works of illusion, guiding me through a quixotic labyrinth Painted in periwinkle waves that crescendo, then crash into nothingness. Circling back into the inception of glass, I encounter a graveyard of expectations, where previous incarnations of self debate which Fabergé eggs to harvest and which to drop and forget. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Gabriel. How's everyone doing? You all hot? I can just tell that everyone's hot because everyone seems a little uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I can just tell by the energy in the room. Well, I just load it to like 65. Uh, That's the supposed setting. It's clearly not 65 in here, but uh, hopefully it's trying to get there and all of our body heat will make it like 70. Um, okay, our next reader is a Yawp regular. You see him here every month. Great, Giving up for Creighton Blinton.
13: Hi. Hi. Um, I'm going to read an um, older one this evening um, because it was just published. Thanks. In hindsight, the rage should have been obvious. After all the teasing and isolation, the disruption at home, the restlessness at school, see how well I avoided any blame by casting myself as a victim of circumstances? Not that I understood any of this at the time. It's impossible to have a clear-eyed view of anything as you experience it. Distance is required for that fable 20 hindsight which leaves you murmuring, if only I'd been braver. Courage. That most difficult of virtues. Far easier to ignore our nagging doubts than truly wrestle with them. Simpler to smile and pretend to be the kind of kid that would never smack another in the head with a rock. Yes, I pled ignorance as my defense. In the heat of the moment, I would forgotten the heavy object nestled away in my coat pocket, leaving me dumbfounded how an everyday winter vest could cause so much pain, only recalling later the rock in my pocket like a cocked gun waiting to go off. And what of the aftermath? I'm told I was suspended, but I have no recollection of it. My strongest memory is spending the remainder of the school day alone in a dark classroom drawing dirty pictures. If I'm truly honest with myself and all this treasure 2020 clarity, I would admit just how tricky these questions are. Was it only a matter of time until all that pent-up aggression boiled over? Did I gleefully embrace an opportunity to let loose? Have I ever? truly regretted any of it, as I said, in hindsight, it was all way too obvious. Thank you.
0: Good stuff, Creighton. That (laughs) poem hurts. (laughs) All too true. Uh, our next reader, I think, is a yop debut. I always say this, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure if everyone, uh, anyone ever corrects me, but that's fine. You can if you get up here and I'm wrong. Uh, but give it up for possible yup debuter, Melanie Lee. Well, it <coughs> thank you.
8: It
14: is my first time reading, but... My first time here, well this poem comes out of my first time here. It was from the Ephrastic Poetry Exercise that Tina Chang um, led us in, so here we go. I sing with you of afternoons at Margie's, courtesy of, a Lee, Fried, of Lee Friedlander's photo of a storefront. Dear Margie's grandmother, Reminisce with me. Help me see and I will tell you something. The sky and branches are too crowded in this picture. And the sky is so clouded. And this mannequin, I can't see her face through the reflections, the block of light. The clouds are rolling above us. Our common deaths and mine is still coming. 50 years now. How time flies over these low roofs. Snowbanks crowd the sidewalk. I peer on tiptoe from my seat. I am back at that first day, burning stiff, being your unwelcome. Not my grandmother. Reveal the beam of those arts you used. Announcement of shiksa the minute I walked in. Malicious stirs of brisket. But my father rises from my throat and dies unsung. I search your eyes. The window behind you is brighter. The room is so quiet. I lose whole swoons of air. I swear you cackled. Burning was true. All visits, I'd hang my face. Follow Margie into her room. You'd gleam. My breaths astonish me. See this? The glaze of light ends at the mannequin's hands. Driving one night, years after Margie, uh, years after school and Margie afternoons, my father confirms the asides I've heard. Your mother is Jewish. She didn't want to be. What have we ever done in my family but let that dangle? Surprises abound. Does God care whether you're Goy or Jew? He asks me years later from the hospital pillow. What was I supposed to say? I said, the question is, do you care? He could not bring himself that far. He turns his head from me. Not my grandmother. When your tears trickled away, did they salt you dry? You know? The loud boots today chant that we will not replace them. I could have loved you. I am lost and found. Here, not my grandmother. Am I inside the reflection or across the sidewalk? That snow, it's lumpy and dirty and cold. Tell me, you, who thought you knew the whole story. Tell me, Shiksa.
0: Thank you, Melanie. Fantastic job. Our next reader is a current Broken Poets student, as well as some of you other poets in the room. Give it up for <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. This is, this is what happens when I go to Brazil for a month. I lose my fluidity, which is my key asset, yes. I believe, <laughs> among other things, uh, which are not many. Uh, give it up for Jen Ozaro. Is it Ozaro? No, Jen Ozaro. Yes.
15: <laughs> um, yes, thank you. This is, um, I have been in Hala Allian's, um poetry as Truth Serum workshop, so this is. From that. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay. It's called Yesterday and Today, too. Sometimes I feel like there's something I'm just supposed to get, that I should just know how to be better. I'll start a cold sweat and a refrain of what's wrong with me, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with me. It releases out of me suddenly, urgently, like a machine gun's frantic spray. It wins the argument always. I straddle worry and the fear of exposure and also the difficult job of maintenance including but not limited to my commitment to protection of others my dad and other men I made that commitment those packs without any understanding of the fine print I didn't even see it this was supposed to be about love but it didn't turn out that way I can't just laugh it off anymore pretend I don't remember what I do Nightmarish flashes of being held down, trying to get away. I can't roll my eyes like I am an idiot for making such a big deal out of nothing. If I do that now, it is a betrayal of myself. I'm done protecting him and them, all those motherfuckers. Now I am ripping out tightly sewn seams that pinch and all the places where I have been sealed with crazy glue. Which parts of me are real? If I tell what I remember, what I really, really remember, it doesn't actually amount to much. I don't know what to do about that. I can't really be repaired with their broken pieces pushed into me under my skin, embedded and sharp, capable of splintering me I don't count for much these days. I looked myself square in the eyes in the bathroom mirror yesterday and said, whose math are you doing? Start again, wipe the slate clean, and don't forget to disinfect it this time.
0: Awesome poem, thank you. Jen, that was Jen Ozzaro, yes. <laughs> before that was Melanie Lee, Creighton Blinn, and Gabriel Cummings. Uh, is Xiaodong Chen in the room? Uh, is it spelled? I may be mispronouncing it. <laughs> I do not know that I have to prepare for call no I attend the workshop. Oh, because but didn't so you I- sign up? didn't you get my email that you were on the list you can read if you want I, but you don't have to I don't have to uh, next time <laughs> okay. this is, I'm really enjoying this moment though between <laughs> us uh, you're so like sweet and sincere uh, I just want to like put that in my heart forever uh, but yeah next time because now I really want to hear you read But, uh, sorry I didn't get my email, but uh, yeah, next time. Is that right, Shaodong? Is that, yeah, yeah, probably much better when you say it. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Our next reader, then, is a regular, give it up for Bill Livingston.
16: Keep it going for Jason. Jason, I hope you're photoshopping the shine off our foreheads tonight. Because that, that's not going on my timeline. <laughs> it's called Charred. An oil tanker overturns on the streets of Pakistan, the rare, precious liquid leaking from its seams. Desperate villagers emerge from their homes with buckets to collect the fuel that cooks their food. The desperation and joy in the air interrupted by the spark of a battery or a lit cigarette. And the explosion incinerates 200 people as their children, turned orphans in an instant, cower in the shadows of the remaining huts. Sometimes, I see one of two daughters in the kitchen, fixing her breakfast with all that's taken for granted. She is the oil tanker, empty, making no more stops on its long drive home. And yet, I remove the nails and metal filings from my pressure cooker bomb. I let fly the powder from my horn. I release the fuel from my vehicle of hope. I lower the temperature of my restless devotion. I reaffirm the loyalty of my allies before I move in to collect a simple kiss. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you, Bill. Uh, I've just lowered it to 60. <laughs> I'll see if that helps. We'll see what their electric bill is next month. uh. We had Natalie Albert was cat sitting and house sitting for us while we were gone, and uh, she was she got so fell so in love with our central air conditioning that she didn't turn it off <laughs> for like three weeks. I just got our Nest home report, and uh, we had like 30 hours in June, and for July it was like 95 <laughs> or something like that. I'm gonna record this for posterity. Thank you, Natalie, for. <laughs> air conditioning this shit out of our apartment uh, yeah if, anytime you want to house it for us while we're in Brazil the offer is there you just use a little less air conditioning <laughs> Our next poet one of my favorite poets one of my students a uh, fantastic poet is unfortunately moving to Australia I believe very soon so give it up for Emily Wilkinson. Yeah!
17: This is called Smaller Than The Stars. As a child, my mother taught me how to wash delicate fabrics, cashmere and lace by hand. Water gushing cool against her skin, softly wringing drenched cloth, water flowing, keep it all clean. Last night she wasn't here, I took a washcloth cloth out through the atmosphere into space poured water on it sideways no need for up or down weightless my hands around it knuckles turning pale water trickling to my body so close how could it breathe water stuck to cloth like melted sugar nothing holding it in place water stuck to fingers streaming over hands not dripping Only atoms repelling atoms, the cloth encased, its own lake still suspended, won't unravel in the sky, droplets floating and silent and light years away from home.
0: Thank you, Emily. So, uh, Emily was one of the winners of Poem of the Month over the last year, and we're hoping she flies back here for the December yawp. Uh, you might need to do like a GoFundMe or something, <laughs> or Arthur will just bankroll it, just Dr. Arthur. He was like shrugging up here, like, "Oh, Australia, that's cheap flight, no problem, you know? But what is the prize money like? I can't remember what it was, 250 It's not correct, but uh, (laughs) we wish (laughs) that would definitely cover the flight if you want. (laughs) But uh, yeah, yeah, well. Anyway, uh, it's for it's for the pride more than the cash, right? Poem poem of the year. The cash does help, yeah. Trust me on that. (laughs) Maybe we'll see. I mean, we'll see how many donations we get in December, Julia. You could you could be one of them. (laughs) The more donors we have. The more the prize money is for the winning poets at the end of the year. Okay, a lot of you are just like, what the? This is so boring. Let's move on to the next poet. Our next poet is uh, fantastic. I just keep saying fantastic, but that's what my father in law says all the time. Fantastic! Uh, our next poet is Star Davis. Give her a big round of applause. <laughs>
18: Okay, so um, this mic really makes me feel like I should have finger waves and be singing Billie Holiday. um,
11: I'm
18: always intimidated by this mic. Um, I read this poem last weekend at an awesome event. Thank you again. Um, Yes, it was so awesome. I spruced it up for you, so. You're not about to hear the same poem. Um, This is called A Hoarder. I collect broken Bibles with the pages hanging off the binds. I collect old books and new ones. I collect broken pieces of English on broken pieces of paper. I collect newspaper clippings of old dead boys I had dead sex with. I collect old blood in the old sheets that caught it. I collect the cheap candles, street incense that smells like burning Kool-Aid. I collect fire. Somewhere in my house is an old joint I smoked in college. I collect men. My first condom wrapper is laminated and framed in an old shoebox. I collect pain. In my bathroom is an old bottle of cologne. And in my dresser drawer is a Plan B pill. It was a birthday gift from Guy saved in my phone as Plan B. I collect ideas in wine glasses. I collect pennies and the cigarette buds from my mom's ashtray, religious pamphlets from street pastors, cocktail straws, credit cards, cans, crumbs. I collect old sweatpants and basketball shorts from old boyfriends. I don't put them in the washer because I'd hate to lose that smell, whatever old love smells like. I collect that too. I collect the things from my childhood that make me feel most poor, like cassette players, white Barbie dolls, expired food stamp cards, eviction notices, Hennessy bottles, heroin needles, pipes, fake gold, fake clothes, fake shoes, fake hair. I collect rat traps, Raymond noodle packets, stolen silverware, stolen CDs, stolen men. I collect my sins. I collect old diaries, journals, old dreams, old words, old ultrasound photos from old babies I thought were real. I collect old tongues. In a purple box under my bed is a treasure trove of my whole face. Inside is my collection of old notes I found in my high school locker. Dirty poems, dirty books, dirty panties peeled from my old dirty body. An old razor, old pregnancy test, old suicide notes, old prayers. My first pack of birth control pills. An old phone book highlighted with numbers of old neighbors I thought would save me if I ever decided to run away from my old life. I collect all my old pain, so if I ever decide to run away from the new life, I'll know the old one isn't old at all.
0: You know I'm gonna say it, right. <laughs> god damn, god damn, damn good star. Uh, wow. Uh, well, you're gonna have to follow that, Arthur. Our next reader is former, former poem of the year winner and former Yawper of the Year winner. I mean, if anyone's gonna follow her, it's gotta be you, who's won all the awards. Give it up for Arthur Russell.
4: I have a better idea. Let's give it up for Star Davis. <laughs> That was awesome. Um, so just to report back to you, uh, Julie Hart, who is not here tonight, was out at the Rutherford Red Wheelbarrow last month, and she tore it up. She was great. There's never been a better reader that we had. So you
0: you're on-
4: I've been on a kind of a, a mother jag this year. So this is a poem, it's a sonnet. It's called To Her Son, and it's written in the voice of the mother. To her son. You say, I give up. In that same sing song you used to whine, I want to go inside as a child on a lovely summer day, which probably meant back inside my womb, life's vestibule, where lung and lymph and liver were loaded on life's lorry, where you resided till you came to live among the pancakes and the bedtime stories. Then how am I mechanic to your grief that loves the shoulder better than the road? I have my own heart prisoned in my ribs a broken axle and a long way to go. You better sit down at the table, son. I'll defrost the pound cake and make coffee. Thank you.
0: Good stuff. I'm gonna forgive you for that, for saying Julie was better than me, but uh, that's fine. We all know what you really think, right? <laughs> 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 that pound cake <laughs> <laughs> That pound cake image was so sad. Yeah. I like it. Defrosting the pound cake. Pound cake is great by the way, right? We don't have enough pound cake. I feel maybe that's why it's so sad. I feel like I should have had more pound cake to this point in my life. Uh, Is Shara Hardison here? I don't think so. Yes. Okay, we are on to the wait list. I hope these poets are still here. Sometimes the wait list poets take off, they give up, they're in despair, they're like, fuck this, I'm not reading. (laughs) I can't wait another ten minutes. Our first reader off the wait list has a great signature. It's very large, which I like, very assertive. Get up for Dan Varley. (laughs) He is here.
19: Appreciate the analytics into my signature. Um, this is for anyone uh, growing up in New Jersey, listening to a lot of classic rock. It's called uh, Changes Come Around Real Soon. Cruising along the meadowlands through the bleeding industrial artery of New Jersey, mangled iron trapezing through the watery reeds, the Pulaski Skyway retreating in the rear view, driving southbound with a week-old license and three kids in the back seat. Windows down, GSP unfurling into infinity. Our antenna receiving holy communion from the skies. With eyes rolling skullward, after eight weeks of studying straight, we are warrior poets, a bullion of phoebes, jacked up on dextroamphetamines, chasing the first brass ring. We are adding and conjugating machines with scantron sheet expertise. The O O overscheduled generation blowing off steam on the heels of SATs and binding early decision contracts to HYP. We are bombed-out soldiers in khaki pants, cuff, and a crease, quivering climbers decked out in patagucci fleece, all pursuing the rarefied air of the 99th percentile thermosphere. And on the radio, John Mellencamp sings, Hold on to 16 as long as you can, and we sing along because we're 16 too, and when you're 16, that's what you do. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Dan, New Jersey. So my last night in Brazil, I tried to, we went to sing karaoke. Uh, And of course I tried to do uh, Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. (laughs) Anticipating this moment, of course, but uh, there were so many damn people in the room I never got to sing, which was a damn shame for all of them because it really would have been a treat (laughs) to hear me (laughs) sing Living on a Prayer. If you haven't heard me sing that before, just come to Korea Town with me sometime. (laughs) <laughs> anyway uh, our next poet is is it Via Lobos are you still here is it Via Lobos J Villa yeah. yeah yeah I had the J part down I was <laughs> just checking the last time <laughs> give it up for J Via Lobos
20: I'm kind of experimenting with my spacing. I have no idea how to read this. <laughs> so I'm happy I'm here to share it, see what happens. It's called an idea. I don't have to hold on to my idea, I could simply admit I lost it. I don't want to write with any periods tonight because I dislike how definitive this experience already is, a recollection. Us along the oak trees in the city of gardens, I stopped to smell fluffy blue hydrangeas as the dogs mingled around their godforsaken freedom. Taking in the sights of bouncing rabbits, the sparkling lawns into their deep, Simple eyes. Our lives were golden if we touched in earnest once when we had let the day go. But I have an idea. You had far too many days. They couldn't fly like feathers or balloons. But days of rancor anchored my hand down to your old days so darkly, some ocean never found on a map. I can't string back. My efforts, they were never stringed. I let them free, and they won't come back ever. Forever and never are words too close alike. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Jay. Okay, I think we have time for one more, Uh, because it really doesn't seem to have cooled down at all, does it? like everyone's foreheads are extremely shiny now but uh that's fine because uh you all look better that way <laughs> that sounds like an insult doesn't it um just forget i said that our last poet has a last name which i'm surely going to butcher is it goykocheya is that exactly right <laughs> feel free to correct me goyko Goycochea. All right, awesome. Hooray for me! All right, our last poet of the evening, Mariana Goycochea. Yeah.
21: <laughs> Damn. I think I beat the record for the shortest mic tonight. <laughs> um, thank you so much for the space. So real quick, um, my poem is an ode to my pops, who is in a nursing home um, with Alzheimer's. It's an ode to him and to his country. And I wrote this during um, the World Cup. So here it is. It's called Hymn for Fatherland. How about that? Padre, I sprung out of bed like a switchblade the moment I heard your country's birth song on TV this morning. The boy men were lined up one by one. Obedient children, the world woke up on time to watch the football fest, your himno nacional, the rooster demanding the rise. I wish you would have been there to see me, Pops. How I stood tall in front of my cheap ass TV to salute the country you sacrificed for this new one, a country that wants us both dead. How I wish you saw me serving Military boy realness in the ball of my living room. How my darkest mascara was on standby as I wept the blackest seas at the celebration of your country's freedom cry. I shall learn to swallow their salt one day and stop by to visit as the clowning raccoon just to say to you, Hey pops, I delivered the promise of the power pose to you as of waiting for our skins to be made into drums so that nations one day too can march on key to the tune of our own nation building and that day too shall be at the rise, at the bow, at the
18: kneel. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mariana. That was a short but uh, tall poem. Uh, Fantastic work. Okay, to review, get ready to vote. I will give you the number in a second. Don't worry. We had 21 poets this evening. That was Mariana Goykoichea. You can just spell that as best you can if you want to vote for her. Jay Villalobos before that, Dan Varley, Arthur Russell, Star Davis, Emily Wilkinson, Bill Livingston, Jen Ozorow, Melanie Lee. Creighton Blinn, Gabriel Cummings, Alan Braverman, Bella Pori, Harvey Sauce, Nikki Ritchie, Tiffany Clark, Todd Freeman, Dora Brawllo, Sarah Lynn Rodgers, Gerald or Jerry Wagoner, and Bonnie Belay. The number once again to vote for Palm of the Month is 718-374-1953. Mm-hmm. Vote once, please. Mm-hmm. 718-374-1953. The winners of Poem of the Month are usually announced uh, you know, th- three or four days after this event when we post the photos, and the 12 winners of Poem of the Month compete for Poem of the Year at the December Yop. Uh, I wanted to say before we all leave, uh, my new wife Ana Maria has an art show this Saturday. I forget, almost forgot to announce this. Do you want to say anything about it? <laughs> it's on Canal Street. Oh, her on Instagram, Anna Maria, Faria. And it's a fundraiser, right? For uh it's called Red Dog Collective is um on all female collective form uh to
10: humanize uh women's period, so to they're gonna ask for donations of um kind
0: products and they're gonna donate to Puerto sort of so Rico There you go, Canal Street everyone. Better all be there this Saturday. <laughs> I'm serious. If I don't see you all, just you're dead to me. Don't show up. Don't show up next month. That's my wife now we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> uh, the next yop.
11: <laughs>
0: right, I'm enjoying this, this married thing. I can make threats on behalf of my wife. <laughs> Our next yop is uh, in September. What's the second Monday of September? Does anyone know? It's Rosh Hashanah, that's for sure. Do you know the number? <laughs> So does that mean you're not going to be here? (laughs) September 9th? Okay, September 9th, second Monday of September. Gregory Crosby will be leading the Yelp workshop. He's teaching a workshop called Repetition and Variation this fall. We will also be at the Brooklyn Book Festival, which is September 16th. Marwa Halal, in fact, will be reading uh, for Brooklyn Poets, our reading series on that date for the festival, along with Javier Zamora, coming from Boston, and Daniel Tobin, also coming from Boston. So two poets from Boston, one poet from Brooklyn. Um... Again, vote for Poem of the Month, 718 Check out our workshops, org. Thank you for coming and surviving the heat. Wipe off your foreheads. Good night. So, there you have it. Brooklyn Poets, y'all open mic, this one for August 13th, 2018. Thanks to our prof, Marwa Halal, for leading an amazing workshop based on a Harriet Mullen poem. Marwa will be teaching a longer version of this workshop, a five-week workshop for us, called Imagining a Vernacular Future, Uh, We must make our own language. Sorry, the full title. We must make our own language, imagining a vernacular future. Beginning on, what day is it, Uh, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, beginning on Sunday, September 30th. So you have until September 23rd to register for that, and you have until September 2nd, which is just about five days away from the publication date of this Yopcast, which is September. Sorry, August 28th. I'm probably confusing with you with all these dates. So I'll just tell you the early registration deadline for our fall workshops is September 2nd. Get $15 off if you are a new student. Returning students get $10 off at any time. If you're a returning student and want to use that $15 discount, you can on September 2nd. Members can take $25 off at any time. Now I'm just confusing you with money numbers, but Marwa's Workshop begins on September 30th, and the actual deadline is September 23rd, so register by the 2nd, to get $15 off, register by 23rd, it's full price unless you are a member or returning student. Got all that? I'm sure you do. Congrats to Star Davis, huge congrats, very excited about this, for winning Yacht Poem of the Month for August for her incredible poem, Hoarder. This was a landslide victory. She won by a record 21 votes over the second-place finisher. We've never seen a gap quite like that between the first and second-place finisher. I think if you've listened to this podcast, you probably understand why there was such a big gap. Just an incredible poem. Very excited for stars, writing some amazing poems right now. She has earned a spot in our poem of the year SmackDown coming your way on December 10th, which is the night of the December yawp. Our next yawp in October comes your way, sorry, not in October, in September, on September 10th, is going to be led by Gregory Crosby. This is a Brooklyn Book Festival book and event as usual, so check that out on September 10th. If you want to sign up, go to brooklynpoets.org, look for the yacht page and register there. By this point, the open mic lineup advanced signups are probably full already, but you can still sign up for one of five open spots at the beginning of the UP if you just show up early and put your name down for one of those spots. We can also sign up for the waitlist if you are willing to wait it out for that. Thank you for listening. I hope you're well and enjoying these last few rays of the summer. Uh, I'm sure the fluctuation between ice cold temperatures and... Wet your ass off. Temperature uh, is coming soon. September and October, we'll just be wondering: is this fall? Is this summer? Is this winter? What the hell is going on? But uh, till then, we will enjoy ourselves. And uh, once again, thank you for listening. If you can, rate us on iTunes. Subscribe to that shit. Spread the word. We will uh, be eternally grateful if you do that. Okay. Till next time. Bye.